Welcome to Bedtime History. Hello, this is Breck. Guess what, parents? Bedtime History is now available on Story Button. Story Button is the easiest way to listen to our show without using screen devices like your phone or a tablet. Story Button is like a radio that's built for easy listening to your favorite kids' podcasts like ours. And the best part is there's no subscriptions or fees to access the content. This week, save $10 and get free shipping when you go to storybutton.com forward slash bedtime history. That's storybutton.com forward slash bedtime history. A big thanks to those who've submitted their thoughts using the form in the show notes. Monica from Barcelona, thanks for telling us about your favorite tradition in Spain, the cagatillo, yule log that's dressed up like a reindeer. And Katie from Seattle, we're glad you enjoyed the episode about the Chinese New Year, and it was very fun to hear that your zodiac animal is a sheep. Now on to our episode. If you're like me, you like to go on trips with your family. Maybe you like to go to a local park, the ocean, or a nearby mountain. On these trips, did you ever find someplace that made you go, wow, because it was just so big or beautiful, something you had never seen before or was truly spectacular? Well, today we're going to talk about amazing places on Earth that were made by nature rather than by mankind. Seven places around the world made by water, wind, and fire, things so big and amazing you can hardly believe them. What do you think they are? We've talked about one of them in a previous episode. Can you guess what it is? It's very tall and snow-covered. If you said Mount Everest, you're right. So let's learn more about the seven wonders of the natural world and do it in alphabetical order. First on our list is Aurora Borealis, or the Northern Lights. This is a fancy name for a beautiful light show in the sky. In very cold places like Iceland, Denmark, Norway, Sweden, Finland, Canada, Alaska, Russia, and other places, the night sky can be lit up by beautiful waves of flowing green, pink, red, and yellow colors. Think of an ocean wave and how it ripples with different colors of blue, green, turquoise, and tan when you look at it. Well, that's what it looks like in the sky, but with bright colors. And you may wonder what causes these amazing ripples of color across the sky. Well, the sun spits out these little particles called ions. It's like the sun spitting out little peas. The ions then travel on waves of gas, like spitting peas into the wind, When these little ions, or peas, come near the earth in our magnetic field, they start to jiggle and shake and glow, causing a glowing light show in the sky. Pretty neat, right? And these lights can happen all year long in some places. In other places like Alaska, where they get daylight for 24 hours a day during the summer, it can be hard to see the lights. I've never seen these lights before, but maybe one of our listeners has. If so, we'd love to hear from you and learn what you think about them. The second wonder of the natural world is the Grand Canyon in the state of Arizona in the United States. We have an episode on the Grand Canyon if you want to look for it in our history. You've probably seen pictures of it. I've been here a few times because I live in Arizona, and it's very amazing. It looks like huge, rust-colored mountains with their tops cut off. Everything is flat on the top, but the mountains go down deep into a canyon, so deep it's hard to see the bottom. To me, it looks like a giant rock maze from above. The Grand Canyon is 277 miles long, 18 miles wide, and over a mile deep. That's a long way down. Scientists estimate that it's about 5 to 6 million years old, 
and was carved by the Colorado River running through it. Millions and millions of years of flowing water washed away pieces of the rock and cut pathways through the canyon. During the Ice Age, there was a lot of rain in this area, and the water rushed through the canyon even quicker, cutting away larger pieces of rock and carving caves. Through the ages, Native American tribes have made the Grand Canyon their home. Some still live there today. These days you can go whitewater rafting through the canyon, ride a helicopter above it, ride a mule into it, or hike around it. Just be sure to bring plenty of water and warm clothes if you plan to go to the bottom. It's a long hike down, and the temperature can change drastically between the top and the bottom, where there's less sun. The third natural wonder is the Great Barrier Reef in Queensland, Australia. It's the world's largest coral reef, stretching over 133,000 miles. It's home to 900 islands and 3,000 different reefs. It's also home to over 1,500 fish species, 215 bird species, 130 shark species. I know I'd much rather meet a clownfish down there than a great white shark. The reef is over 200 feet deep and can even be seen from outer space. It was created by billions of tiny little coral polyps and is the largest structure in the world built by living organisms. Think of billions of little minions under the sea making coral apartment buildings. The Great Barrier Reef is world famous and many people travel to see it. Unfortunately, right now, it's struggling to survive. It's lost more than half of its coral since 1985 due to climate change. The sun heats the water and bleaches the coral, killing it. It's like boiling a lobster in hot water. Also damaged from human dumping and attacks by the crown of thorns starfish have also damaged the reef. The good news is that a certain type of coral, called Acropora coral, is growing quickly on the reef and has regrown large portions of it. Coral can grow up to 9 inches in height and 1 inch in width a year. That's more than you and me. It needs to live in a maximum depth of 490 feet because it needs to be close to the surface, and sunlight to grow. It cannot grow above the waterline. I think it would be incredible to take a boat around the Great Barrier Reef or go scuba diving there one day. What do you think? Number four on the list is Mount Everest, which is so big it sits in China and Nepal. Mount Everest is over 29,000 feet tall, meaning it's as high as the cruising altitude of airplanes. That's a long way up. It has other names given to it by the Chinese and Indians, including Sagarmatha and Chomalunga, which means Holy Mother. It's called Holy Mother because it's the largest mountain in the Himalayan mountain range and in the world. Most of the world knows the mountain by the name Mount Everest. It was named by an early British surveyor named Sir George Everest, who was surveying or measuring mountains in the Himalayas in the 1800s. He didn't want the mountain named after him because the native Chinese and Indian people couldn't write or say the name Everest, but it was done anyway. Mount Everest is very dangerous. It has deep crevasses or canyons, plus the Kumbu Icefall or area at the base of the mountain filled with large ice blocks that fall into it. It also has a lot of avalanches, which are roaring blasts of falling snow. At the top, it gets very windy, and there is very little oxygen. Nothing can live at that height, not even birds. To climb Mount Everest, you need to be in top physical shape, have a lot of climbing equipment, and carry bottles of oxygen to use at the top, similar to what scuba divers do when they go to the bottom of the sea. 
Most climbers climb Mount Everest with the assistance of Sherpas, or native Tibetan guides, who carry large loads of equipment up and down the mountain and set ropes for the climbers. There's a big mystery on Mount Everest, too. In 1924, George Mallory and Andrew Irvine, from England, tried to be the first climbers to summit the mountain. They were last seen nearing the top, but then disappeared in the fog. They were never seen again. To this day, we don't know if they reached the top, but in 1953... Tenzing Norgay and Sir Edmund Hillary reached the top of Mount Everest and made it back down safely, becoming the first documented climbers to reach the top of the world. This is truly incredible. Moving on to number five on our list is Perikutan, a volcano in Michoacan, Mexico. It was formed in 1948 after erupting out of a farmer's cornfield. You may think, there are lots of volcanoes around the world. What makes this one so special? Well, this was the first volcano that modern scientists could track and study from its start. Most of the volcanoes on Earth are under the sea or erupted thousands or even millions of years ago. This volcano erupted fairly recently and continued to grow and spit out lava for nine years, reaching a height of 1,300 feet and destroying 90 square miles with lava, stone, and ash. Hundreds of people had to evacuate, two towns were completely buried, and three other towns were damaged. This volcano sits on the Trans-Mexican Belt, a trail of old volcanoes running west to east across Mexico. Today the crater measures approximately 660 feet across, and people can walk around the rim and climb up and down its sides. Although it's said to be extinct now, or dead, it's still hot, and when rainwater hits it, it spews steam into the air. In 1997, the area experienced 230 earthquakes in quick succession. In 2006, over 300 more earthquakes rumbled near the volcano. This doesn't sound like it's extinct to me. I think I'll leave the volcano climbing to others. Number six on our list is Rio Harbor in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. It's also called Guanabara Bay, which means arm of the sea and is the world's largest bay. It's over 19 miles long and boasts 130 islands. Explorer Charles Darwin said, it seemed almost unreal for its natural beauty and stellar surroundings, glistening beaches, granite monoliths, and majestic mountains. Also visible from this bay is the Christ the Redeemer statue on Corcovado Mountain. This statue is on another famous list, the Seven Wonders of the World, meaning things made by mankind. Brazil is very lucky to have two wonders in its own backyard. And the seventh natural wonder of the world is Victoria Falls, located between Zambia and Zimbabwe in southern Africa. In its native language, its name means the smoke that thunders, boiling water, or the place of the rainbow. The falls are so big and so vast that the roaring water sounds like thunder and throws billowing clouds of mist into the air and even makes rainbows. It's one of the largest waterfalls on Earth and measures over 5,600 feet across, 354 feet tall, and the spray can rise 1,300 feet or more. The spray can even be seen from 30 miles away. So why is it named Victoria Falls? Well, a Scottish missionary and explorer named David Livingston came across it in 1855 and named it after England's Queen Victoria. Just like with Mount Everest, early explorers found amazing places and renamed them instead of keeping the native names. 
So where does all the water go after it tumbles over the falls? It tumbles through a series of gorges, making various turns and zigzags while tumbling down the stream. At the second gorge, there's a deep pool of water called the boiling pot. It measures 500 feet across and at times has enormous swirls and a boiling surface like a witch's cauldron. Crocodiles, humans, and even hippopotamus have been found in these swirling waters or along the pot's nearby shores. My advice to you, stay well away from the edge of the falls. You don't want to go over the brink with a hippo. Aren't these seven natural wonders of the world amazing? Have you seen any of them yet? Which ones would you like to see? Maybe you can make up a list and plan a trip with your family or visit them when you grow up. I sure would like to see some of these amazing sights. I've seen the Grand Canyon alone, but I would sure like to see more and take my family with me. Maybe as a fun project, you can make a rhyme about these wonders to remember them. If you do, I'd like to hear your rhyme. Feel free to send it to me using the link in the show notes, and your name and rhyme might be mentioned in a future episode. Thanks for listening to this episode about the seven wonders of the natural world. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and website, BedtimeHistoryStories.com, for the full text of this episode and all 200-plus other episodes. If you'd like to get these episodes ad-free, you can become a donor via Patreon or subscribe right on Apple for $5 a month. Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.